Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, August 3rd, 2020, and today we're reading from the big book in the doctor's opinion, page Roman numeral 26, that's XXVI, the fourth paragraph. So we work out. Today's readers are, for the 12 steps, Naomi B., the 12 traditions, Ilana P., and reading the text are Crystal P., Lynn F., and Nancy P. The reference number for Sunday, August 2nd, 2020 special edition is 15,090. That's 15090. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Naomi B. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, family. This is Naomi B., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we are wrong, promptly admit it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge for his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Naomi. I will now ask Ilana P. to please read the 12 Traditions of OA. Good morning. It's Ilana P. from Pittsburgh, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater and Erective Bulimic. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. 
Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ilana. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today, we resume our study of the big book on page Roman numeral 26, XXVI, the fourth paragraph, though we work out, reading just that one paragraph. And I will ask Crystal P to begin reading. Good morning. This is Crystal P, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Though we work out our solution on the spiritual as well as altruistic plane, we favor hospitalization for the alcoholic who is very jittery or befogged. More often than not, it is imperative that a man's brain be cleared before he's approached, as he has a better chance of understanding and accepting what we have to offer. Um, for me, when I was reading this paragraph, I, I started to think back to my when I first joined um, OA when I first came into program, I remember I, I put down some of the foods um, that were my binge foods, but not all of them. Um, I put down some of the some of the sort of worst ones that I was binging on, but I kept I held on to to many of my binge foods. And over the next sort of five months, I slowly um, became willing to drop you know each of them one at a time. And when I look back at that period, uh, what I noticed was. Throughout that period, yes, I, you know, I stuck to whatever my food plan was at that time. Um, but my sponsor kept trying to get me to work the steps. She kept giving me step work to do and, you know, telling me to read things and write things. And 
um, and actually get into the spiritual program of action. And I just, I just wouldn't. I, there was so much of resistance, and I didn't see the need at all. Um, I, I was working this program like it was a diet, and it didn't bother me. And um, it finally got to a point where my sponsor had to, you know, had to sort of say to me, listen, it doesn't look like you're willing to work the steps, um, and, and that's okay if you're not ready, but I do need to work with someone who is. And um, for me at that time, that was, that was a shock, um, and, and it sort of propelled me into actually working the steps. But what I also realized that happened at that same time was um, that was the point at which I, I finally put down sort of my last binge food, uh, which was really uh, sugar and desserts. And when I did that, um, I was much more willing to hear what my sponsor had to say and do what she suggested because I got desperate. Because the the food was truly down, now I like I needed another solution. And so I, I was willing to do whatever my sponsor told me to do, especially when it didn't make sense to me because a lot of what she said, suggested didn't make sense to me in my you know crazy food brain. So it was so important for me to put the food down to be able to actually have that desperation because as long as I was in my food in any form, um, I was getting an effect out of it and I just didn't see the need for the steps. I didn't have that desperation that's needed um, to push through the difficult and painful parts of these steps, the parts where I have to face my fears, the parts where I have to look at things that were so ugly and awful that I'd rather kill myself with food than actually look at them. So I'm so grateful uh, to have finally put down the food at that point and then started working the steps because that's when recovery really began for me. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you so much, Crystal, for getting us started. So though we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So if you shared... um, on Friday or Thursday on this meeting or the other two meetings, um, please hold back. So who would like to share on the fourth paragraph on page Roman numeral 26? Lisa B. Lisa B. Star one to unmute. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Carolyn H. Carolyn H. Pedro B. I'm sorry, someone B. Pedro B. Pedro B. Karen T. Karen T. You can take a couple more. Okay, well, let's go with this group, Lisa B, Carolyn H, Pedro B, and Karen T. Go ahead, Lisa. Hi. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Thank you. I, I was having a problem with my Bluetooth. My name is Lisa, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and thank you so much for your service and for everyone that's there. Um, I really love this reading, and I love the word <clears throat> understanding. You know, that, that's a really big word for me. Understanding. Um, that, that's, for me, what that has meant is, uh, you know, what I see on the surface is just this little little bit 
of something, but underneath it is this ginormous iceberg. It's just this massive iceberg that I don't even have a clue is there. And when I come in here in this program and start to work with a recovered sponsor and am sponsorable, you know, am I willing to be sponsored? Am I willing to follow directions and and in many ways, you know, really listen to what this person is asking me to do. Because um, I don't know what I don't know. I don't know about this massive iceberg that's there, which is just covered up with so much minimizing and denial and arrogance and ego. Um, what I found for me, my process is it just continues, continues, even after a few years of being recovered, to be mind-blowing. Um I continue to learn what that word understanding really means about showing up in life and um, just being willing to be taught through these steps and through my fellows that are recovered and through sponsees that continue to teach me so much. And, you know, I heard a saying from an AA speaker, the same mind that brought me into the rooms of AA, and in my case, into the rooms of OA, is not going to be the same mind that brings me recovery. You know, and that's why I've got to be willing to get into this work in abstinence so that I can understand and accept what, you know, what what we have to offer. And what we have to offer is not about being um, a therapist or a nutritionist or a counselor, but just as someone that has walked this path and now the, the problem has been removed, you know, the problem has been removed for me. And now I try to share that through my experience, strength, and hope. But so much time in the beginning was really through assignments and action steps and reading and studying this book and following through. Uh, And that understanding begins to seep in. But it doesn't have a chance if I'm in the food, if I'm in the substances, if I'm in the behavior in any way. When I came in here, I never fully, before I started working with my recovered sponsor, I never had everything down. I always had one little thing. You know, we call it on some of our podcasts, yellow light foods. And I learned I don't have yellow light foods, so I had to listen to the podcast, you know, to understand what that meant. Um, I need to have entire abstinence so I can understand and accept. And so much of the time is really about listening to the guide, listening to the guide and to our meetings. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, Carolyn H., you're up, followed by Pedro B. Carolyn H., star one. Thank you. I was uh, still muted. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Uh, My name is Carolyn H. in Atlanta. I'm just uh, just want to claim I see more or less, but that paragraph it uh, made me think of when I was into the food. While I had no clarity, I was just you know totally confused. I couldn't think straight. I was dancing, and it's such a difference when I'm not into the food. I've been working with my sponsor. I have released uh, 20 pounds in the last uh, since I guess around March or so. But I'm just thankful, and uh, I'm thankful to be abstinent. It makes such a difference with me, uh, you know, as far as having a clear head. And when I was into the food, I mean, it was just awful. That's how I ended up gaining so much weight. I uh, was, you know, I was just messed up, just like it's just like a person that was uh, drunk. I would uh, have hangovers from the food. 
I would uh, even just want to curl over, and it was just really, really bad for me. But I'm thankful today that I can uh, see clearly. I can see I can see so much clearer now, and I'm just so thankful for uh, for that because it means so much to me. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carolyn. Okay, Pedro B, you're up, followed by Karen T. Good morning. Can you hear me? Uh, yes, you're a little bit soft, but we can hear you. Oh, okay. Okay, see, maybe I'll speak up a little bit. Can you hear me better? Yes, thank okay. you. Yes, my name is Pedro B, uh, compulsive overeater in San Bernardino, California. Good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you for being here for me. I need you. Um, you know, this paragraph, um, so we work out our, our solution on the spiritual as well as the altruistic. It's a spiritual program like everybody knows. An altruistic plane, you know, we we help people, we help each other. But it's, it's interesting, they say we favor hospitalization for the alcoholic who is very jittery. I, I never heard of anybody uh, having to go to the hospital for uh for overeating or, or eating compulsively. I don't know. Maybe maybe some of us need to uh to go to the hospital to put the foot down. I know some people over here in the program I, I uh personally have experience with with a gentleman uh telling me that uh, I'm I'm giving up. I can't, you know I, I got on the scale and I, I keep gaining. I'm I'm ready to go on a diet, this and that. And uh you know, the message I get loud and clear here in this paragraph where it says it's imperative that a man's brain be clear is that I need to put the foot down. I need to stop eating, you know, those those foods that, you know, that, that are hurting me, that are really, really killing me. See, my, my addictive, uh, uh, my disease, my addiction to... Uh, you know, basically sugar, flour, and fried food for me, and I'm. There might even be some other stuff, but anyway, that's what I'm abstaining from. Um, this, I need to put this down. I need to put this food down. They they are killing me. See, and my disease tells me that no, they're not. It, it's okay. You can manage a little bit. You can have a. You know, these people are exaggerating. You know, you can, and you know what comes to my mind is my sponsor said, if you were a heroin addict, would you be able to do a little bit of heroin, you know, and and stay and stay clean? And if the answer is no, you know, the answer is no, definitely. If, if I was an alcoholic, uh, and I have a little bit, I think I'll just drink one beer a week. It's not going to work either because, because of the, you know, like in the doctor's opinion, he, he explains that you know. Um, we can't lift this allergy of the body that we have. I'm allergic. The the moment I have some of this food, I want more. I want more. I'm I'm never I'm never satisfied. Anyways, I'm really grateful to have uh, you know the recovery that I do have a little the little bit that I have. Really grateful for it and and uh, the benefits of putting the food down and getting my my brain clear so that I can work the steps and and. And 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 try to be happy, joyous, and free. You know the time, the please. Thank you for letting me share. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, Pedro. And the next one is Karen T. And then we'll open it up for more sharers. 
Hello, my name is Karen T. I'm from New Orleans, a compulsive reader recovered. So grateful to be here. Thank you to everyone who's done service for this meeting. Um, I love the first sentence. Uh, we work out our solution on the spiritual as well as the altruistic plane. It's almost like the author thought, oh, we've been talking so much about helping other people, but I have to re-stress that it's the spiritual, you know. And he says the spiritual before the altruistic plane. And that's what I need to remember um, as a compulsive of readers. It's really the spiritual and then the altruistic. Spiritual, I have to be humble and right with God so I have something to give, um, something to help others with. And then um, I have been jittery and befogged on food, for sure. I have felt... uh, um, I can't think of the words, uh, coming off a sort of hangover feelings, coming off the food. I have felt withdrawals. That's it. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, coming off some of my substance. For me, it's mostly headaches. Um, and uh, so I do feel that when I'm abstinent, and I have been for a few, few 24 hours now, that my brain is cleared. And so I believe that. Um, I do know a lot of people who have been hospitalized, sort of an outside issue to uh, OA in this meeting, but um, there are people and places to go to come off of food. One of them is called an you know, eating disorders clinic or something like that. Um, and then we have a better, once our brain has been cleared, we have a better chance of understanding and accepting what is offered. Um, it's still not 100%. There's still some chance there. Uh, not everyone is going to get this OA way of life. There's um, Our numbers, our percentages are not perfect. There's no guarantees. And so, uh, but one thing that really helps is the willingness that comes from the desperation of hating being in the food. So you all have to come to a place where we're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And the pain of early abstinence seems better than the pain of staying in the food. Early abstinence can be painful, but it's Sometimes you just get to the point where, well, that's going to be less pain than being in the food. And that's the way it works. Time, please. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Karen. Okay, so if you've just joined us, we're on the bottom of page Roman numeral XXVI. That's Roman numeral 26. Though we work out our solution, reading that one paragraph, and um, though we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day. So who would like to share? Laura W. Laura Jen w. A. Brenda A. Queens, yes. New York. Philomena M. Jen. Okay, just one moment. Okay. Um, I got Laura W., Jen A., Philomena, but Brenda, in between there, was it Gwen? Brenda. Was Brenda. It- Oh, oh, Brenda, Brenda. Okay, Brenda. Diane C. Leslie W. 
Annabelle. And there was someone from the UK. Did I get that person? I'm sorry. Could you say that one more time? Pat Claire. Claire. Oh, Claire. 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 Okay, thank Thank you. you. Okay, that's a good lineup. So we have Laura W., Jen A., Brenda, I think A., Philomena, Diane, I'm not sure which initial, um, Leslie W., Annabelle, and Claire E. Go, go ahead, please, Laura W. Good morning, everyone. This is Laura W. I'm a recovered compulsive eater, anorexic, and exercise bulimic in South Jersey. It's great to be able to share this morning. I love this meeting. Um, what I heard from this paragraph was, you know, it says we favor hospitalization for the alcoholic who is very jittery or befogged. And this tells me that the doctor and uh, the writers of this uh, of this book, um, they're very humble. They're, they're saying we don't know everything. We can't fix everything. We think, you know, hospitalization or doctors, you know, you can believe what they say, or spiritual advisors, you know, they're, they're all helpful in your recovery. So we favor hospitalization because you need to be clear the substance must be down before we can work these steps and set a relationship with God. And that's what I didn't know 20-something years ago when I came into this room. I figured, okay, I could get the substance down, and that's it. But no, there's more to it. I have to work the steps. And when I work the steps, I get right with God. And when I get right with God, I get right with others. So the word imperative means, I looked it up this morning, and it says of vital importance, crucial or urgent. So the sense of urgency that I hear in the first 164 pages is really, I mean, it's, it's like this swift feeling, like we can't stop. The only time this, this book tells us to stop is for an hour when we pause between steps five and six. So it's imperative, it's crucial, it's of vital importance. Vital is life-giving, life-saving that a man's brain be cleared before he's approached. I don't know about you, but for me, uh, it doesn't, didn't matter how many people, how many doctors, or how many therapists said to me, you have to stop doing this. You need to start eating. You need to, you know, for me, I had to gain 25 pounds in order to, in order to even be considered healthy, let alone that didn't even begin to, to touch the mental obsession that I had and, and, the, and the lack of relationship that I had with God. So, you know, then and only then was I, was I able to have a better chance and better understanding of what we have to offer, it says. This is not just about food. This is not just about weight. And this is not just about exercise for me. This is about a relationship with a higher power that I have to, that I have to surrender to every day, to open up those clenched fists and let go and say, okay, God, I trust you. And I can't just trust you with my food. I have to trust you with everything. I have to trust you with my relationships. I have to trust you with life and death. I have to trust you, you know, with the health of my family. So that's what I'm learning day by day through this program. Yes, the food has to be down, but then the real work begins. Thanks for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Laura. Okay, Jen A, you're up, followed by Brenda A, I think. Got a lot of A's. Thanks, Katie, so much for your service this morning. (laughs) This Uh is Jen A. I'm recovered here in Colorado this morning. Um, And ditto, 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 Sister Laura. Um, The girls got it in the house this morning. That's exactly everything that I would say. Um, and, and what I'll share on, on, and elaborate is my experience on that. Um, and how do, how do I know? 
um, that my brain has to be cleared. This is the first time it tells me in the doctor's opinion, right? He's, enlarge upon, he's enlarging upon his views that he just shared with us. So he's going out, getting into the details, right? Um, he's, he's being brief about it. He's telling us all of his brilliancy, but he's also sharing what the facts are. And the facts are is that um, imperative is a command. Um, we're commanded and required to put down the food before we start on this journey. My experience shows me this. I came into Overeaters Anonymous. I sat in the rooms um, face to face and I continued to eat. I continued to eat my healthy, um, um, lovely uh, meals that I was eating. Um, I never even wrote down any red light, yellow light, green light foods um, because the page in my journal is blank. I just totally skipped over that step. Um, and I continued to inhale the um, good ingredients, such as the gluten-free products and perhaps the stevia in everything that I ate, or perhaps it was um, honey or maple syrup. For God's sake, that can't be an allergen. It's all natural. And I continued to do those things for 11 months and two weeks. And I was so excited to walk in and pick up that shiny coin at that at one-year meeting. And guess what? God was doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. And I know that today, but I didn't know that at the time. Um, I went out with a vengeance. And the buildup of human emotions that had happened over the last three months put me then into a car, drove me to a convenience store. The twist of my mind, don't even remember doing it, don't even remember making the decision, and started eating and eating and throwing up and eating and throwing up. And, and that was how I got to the place where I am today, in desperation, desperation of wanting to put all that food down and knowing that as long as I'm still adding those little ingredients into my food, guess what? I'm still adding kindling to the fire. And enough kindling added to the fire, one piece of kindle after another, I'm a campfire kind of girl here in Colorado, I will tell you that a bonfire will begin. That's called the phenomenon of craving, which we'll get to in the next couple of pages. So I know that in order for me to um, hear what I'm going to say, understand and accept, understanding is the ability to comprehend and apply the concepts that are in this big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Accept is the ability to receive and to take hold of what I read, hear, and people share their experience with me about. I can't do either one of those if I'm still, still eating. And that was my experience. But once I did put the food down, I heard it with clarity. And I, I look back at my journal today and see that my doctor, my doctor, sorry, my sponsor did read the doctor's opinion with me. But as an anorexic who was starving herself and still negotiating with the food, I didn't hear it at all. So I'm so glad that the instructions are in this book and that I can follow them. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jen. Okay, Brenda, you're up, followed by Philomena. Good morning. It is Brenda A. from Queens, New York, and um, I thank you all for sharing and for guiding me along with my higher power on this journey. It came into vision in um, the end of December. I committed to being and have been free of sugar, flour, wheat since January 1st but I kept having this nagging sensation that I was not abstinent and I was holding on by a thread. And in the month of July, I think I had healthy binges, behavioral binges every single night. They would start at 9, they would end at 11, 
and I would be very honest with my sponsor and tell her repeatedly, yeah, I binged on healthy food. And her answer to me was, okay, you were honest, you told me about it, let's move on. I was up to step nine. I was moving along, <coughs> excuse me, but I had the nagging sensation that I was not truly abstinent. And you know why? I was in the food, but I had food brain fog. And if anyone could have been hospitalized, that was me. No, I did not gain weight. No, I did not become bulimic. No, I did not become anorexic. But I did not feel peaceful. I recently changed sponsors. And as I learned in another meeting, God mends. God does not begin God begins anew with us. Our higher power leads us in the right direction. And if you're in the food, you are in step one. So you're not going back. You're just mending. So thank you again all for giving me this opportunity to share and to learn from all of you. Thank you. And I pass. Thank you so much. Okay, Philomena, you're up. Hello, uh, I'm Philomena M. A recovered compulsive overeater from Northern Ireland. And um, a few years ago, a friend of mine introduced me to the idea of a vision for you. She was doing well, but then she dropped the, the bomb. And the bomb was that, so that I would have a clear mind, just as in this paragraph, I needed to put the food down for 48 hours. And I was really upset because I couldn't put the food down for two hours let alone 48 hours. And I thought to myself, and I, I might have said it to her too, if I could put the food down for 48 hours, I would not need OA. But I just wasn't getting it. And it's through a vision for you that I have been able to get it, that the whole point of the program is not just about me being abstinent. It's about me finding a way to live with other people, to play with others, and to live a happy, joyous, and free life. Abstinence is but a beginning. Now, this time last year, my kids planned a lovely holiday for my 60th birthday, and thank God I was given the gift of abstinence a week before it and started working the program. Um, I was 16 and a half stone, 231 pounds. They hired, spent a lot of money and hired a boat. Now, I could barely get round the boat. It was really hard work. I couldn't walk easily around the steep streets uh, of where we were. Um, and was I tempted to drink the little lemon chilo, the, you know, a little drink of alcohol, put in my hand for my 60th birthday photograph? Yes, I really was. But I knew that the rest of the holiday, and not only that, the rest of my life would be ruined. And I am so grateful that I was given the grace to be able to put it down. And I since have found uh, a vision for you, and I'm approaching six months abstinence one day at a time. But it feels so good, and I'm so grateful to you for your work here today, your service. And life at 61 is great. And I really enjoyed my writing group this morning. It's not all about program work. It's about life. And my life is good. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Philomena. And Diane, I think it's Diane B, but I'm not sure. It's followed by Leslie W. 
Hi, it's Diane C. as in cat. C. Can okay, you hear me okay? Thank you. Yes. Great. Yes. Hi, this is Diane C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Baltimore, Maryland, and I'm so grateful to be here this morning. Thank you all for your shares and for your leadership here. Um, so the first phrase of the first sentence in this paragraph really speaks to me, that we work out our solution on a spiritual as well as an altruistic plane. And I've just been thinking about spiritual and altruistic and how they go together and um, how there's a synergy between the two. So we first learn in this book what the problem is, that we have a twofold illness, and then that there is a solution. Thank goodness we learn that there is a solution. And, but I'm told that I don't really work out the solution, but it comes through surrender to my higher power, and I have a spiritual experience, which um, in, I've been here in, um, participating in Vision since, April 1st, April Fool's Day, um, but it was a wonderful, wonderful day and the start of a new life for me, and, um, and I have had a spiritual experience. Um, <clears throat> so all along through this journey so far, I, I, feel, I know this is just the, the very beginning, and, and I look forward with excitement and, and expectancy. All along, my sponsor and other fellows um, have been guiding me and sharing their wisdom, their experience, strength, and hope which enlightened this text. Um, I've read this text before, and it just didn't seem applicable to me. It it just, I couldn't really bridge the gap. But through through the many shares and the willingness to to continue to to share and to take my calls and to share their wisdom and, and help me, they, I've been able to apply it to my life. And now as a recovered person, I get to do the same, which is a privilege and a gift. And um, yes, I do think that there is altruism, but it comes back so many times over and it keeps me abstinent. And as Dr. Bob outlines on page 181 um, in uh, Dr. Bob's Nightmare, yes, he is, he's um, working with others as a a sense of duty and paying a debt, but that also it's a pleasure. And last, his fourth uh, of four points is is that it helps him stay abstinent. And so it comes back to us in multiple, many, many times over. And I think it's just amazing how God does that. And um, so I just really love this, um, the spiritual and altruistic, this, I see the spiritual plane as a vertical relationship with my higher power, who I call God, and a horizontal plane out to my fellows. And um, I, it's, it's just such an amazing thing that ultimately I serve God by serving others. But also, which it almost doesn't seem fair, I am blessed many, many times over. And I have just been blessed by all of you, many of you, and many others I hope to uh, meet and, and get to share with. And I thank you for this opportunity to share. And I pass. Thank you so much. I'm, I didn't turn my timer on, but that sounded just right. Okay, Leslie W., you're up by, and followed by Annabelle. Hey, Katie, this is Leslie W., recovered in Tennessee. Thank you so much for your service this morning. Um, I'm just wanting to share what I've learned and what I am learning in this process and continue to learn in this process. Um, how, how does a, how does a man's brain become cleared? You know, I, 
I I really really try to wrap my head around this um, and to express what I've learned about this. You know, how does a compulsive overeater's uh, mind or head become clear, brain become clear before they are approached or before they enter into this process? You know, um, me personally, you know, I had a baby to take care of when my disease reared its ugly head and. Um, hospitalization I felt wasn't wasn't an option treatment I felt wasn't an option for me um, it it is the responsibility I believe of the sponsor to help the sponsee determine what his or her addictive food ingredients are um, I think we do them a disservice when we don't help them because in my disease I cannot see the truth from the false I cannot differentiate what is causing me a problem and what isn't because I'm going to lie, steal, lie, cheat, and steal my way and rationalize my way through all of it. I'm going to say things like, well, I can't have peanut butter, but I can have almond butter. Um, I can't have white bread, but I can have wheat. Um, I can't have um, real sugar, but I can have artificial sugars. Or I can't have this, but I can have that. And And I know that we all have our different binge ingredients and different you know, addictive substances, but for me, those were the ones that I rationalized. But when I look back at my history, which we do, we don't, I can't do that by myself. I'm not capable of being honest with myself about this. And that's why I need somebody to help me and tell me what they hear, tell me what they see. I may be open to hearing it and I may not be. But for me, I can't clear my brain of a substance when I'm not aware of the substance that is causing my brain to be fogged in the beginning. I have to be able to know what those substances and those ingredients are. Um, so willingness, uh, that's, another, that's another issue in, entirely. But I really do appreciate what it's saying here about, okay, before we move on, let's do this. Let's get this out of the way. Let's see what's really causing, let's, let's see what's really tripping you up. Um, and it takes, a, for a compulsive overeater, um, a point of desperation before they're even willing to ask for that help. And so with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leslie. Okay, Annabelle, it's your turn, followed by Claire E. This is Annabelle L. And I uh, just want to thank all of the ladies who have preceded me because they have contributed so much to our understanding. The uh, requirements for recovery are so much that of being honest and desperate, and that is what took me decades in OA to acquire honesty and desperation, and also the gift of a sponsor who required me to be very, very rigorously honest with her about my food, and it wasn't until I told her about every single food I had ever been storing in my life, every single 
uh, eating um, behavior that had ever been a problem for me and wrote it down and called her back. And she said to me, you may tell me that you have not binged on that in the last five years, but it has always been a binge food for you in the past. Therefore, it's an allergic food. You can never eat it. And I said, no, no, no. Uh, that's not a problem for me anymore. And she said, you must take it off your food plan. And I had promised because I was so desperate. I had promised myself I would agree to whatever my sponsor said. And when I agreed to take that food off my food plan, I immediately started to mourn it the way I had mourned giving up sugar. And then I realized that she was right. And when I eliminated every single food that she told me to eliminate, suddenly for the first time in my life, I got peace, total peace around food, the likes of which I never dreamed possible. It was a gift beyond imagination. And now for the first time, I was able to work the steps for clarity and, and with the gift of desperation and with a loving connection with God and trusting God that was beyond my wildest dreams. And I have six months of abstinence and I'm recovered. Thank you. Thank you, Annabelle. Okay, Claire E., you're up and then we'll have time for a few more. Thank you so much, Katie. My name's Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in the UK. Um, another paragraph where there's just so much in it. Um, so I love the first sentence even where it talks about working on the spiritual as well as the altruistic plane. So it addresses our program or explains our program is spiritual. We help other people, but you know what? Then it goes to say, first things first, we have to sort the food out, you know. So the first you know, thing I need to address in recovery is my physical abstinence. Um, because without that, as it says, it's imperative I have that. Um, but because I just... We can't hear you, Claire. Star one. Sorry, can you hear me now? Yes. Did you, did you hear me at all? <laughs> no, okay. Yes, we heard, you. we heard you. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, so I don't know where you heard me from, but I've written a few words down here for jittery and befogged. I love that. So jittery, you know, I, I'm flitty, anxious, I can't concentrate. I've got that, as my sponsor described it, a, a darty-eyed look. That's how I felt when I was in the food. And befogged, you know, to me that's kind of a bit confused. I can't feel clearly, I can't see clearly, I'm clouded. And, you know, when I'm in that state, my alcoholic life is my normal one. You know, that is normal for me. And, um, you know, I can't see clearly when I'm in the food. I don't want God when I'm in the food. I don't want people to be ringing me up and trying to help me. I'm not the same person in the food as I am when I've got the food down. But when, I'm, when I've got the food 
it down when I'm clear, when I've got my abstinence um, and, and, my, and my alcoholic food put down, um, you know, then I get my feelings back and I get the irritable, restless, discontent. And oh my goodness, then I am motivated to try to understand and accept what we have to offer. And what we have to offer is the 12 steps of recovery. And, and you know, that understanding, I love um, the description of understanding earlier. If to me, understanding and accepting would really sort of, it, it sort of really describes the process, you know, that head knowledge to start off with, you know, trying to understand, trying to learn. And then finally, that knowledge sort of really going down to my heart and acceptance around it all. Um, and that surrender that comes with acceptance that, that this is for me, this is what I have. And I don't think I would ever become willing in the food. I think I have to take that leap of faith and put those foods down because it's only when I become abstinent that I actually have the willingness to put in the actions that are required for me to stay recovered. Um, so I really love that paragraph. There's an awful lot in it. And uh, thank you for letting me share. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Phil. Let me, no, I'm sorry, that was Claire. Um, Claire, thank you so much. And so we have time for two more shares. Who else would like to share on the fourth paragraph? Katie G from Boston. Katie G. Lisa there was one more. Cheryl uh, Linda. I'm sorry, but I have two, and that's um, Katie G and Lisa J.R. Go ahead, please, Katie. Sorry, Katie. Good morning. This is Katie G, recovered compulsive eater in Boston, and I just wanted to throw my my hat in the ring. You know, I'm thinking about these lines of jittery and befogged, and um, for me, learning the difference between what abstinence is versus just putting the food and the behaviors down was so profound, because I'm going to tell you, four and a half years ago, I, I went into a brownout, and that may not make sense to all of you, but for me, what happened is I started exercising bulimically, and I was not picking up ingredients, and I was sharing that I was recovered on this very line, and yet my connection to God, it was browning out. I wasn't really alive. It was like I was showing up, but somehow I lost the fire, the enthusiasm, the connection. And I think what's so hard for me, what, what was so hard, is I've been in the rooms for 16 years, and I could rationalize, justify, and defend my right to have a certain ingredient or to exercise addictively because you know what? Exercise is good for you. I should be able to exercise. I should be able to do all this stuff. And the problem is that when I'm rationalizing, justifying, or defending an action or a behavior or ingesting something that's browning me out from God, I'm wrong. And, and what's so amazing to me is that normal people are not rationalizing, justifying, and defending. And if, if you told a normal person, gee, why don't you try putting this down for 30 days? Why don't you stop exercising and lying? They, they'd be like, mm, that's kind of annoying. But they wouldn't go into a monologue, and that's what I would do. And the saddest part for me is that it ultimately led me back to the food. And it wasn't about a sponsor saying to me, KDG, you're a bad girl. You can't have that. It's not that. It's that KDG, like, if you get – if at the end of the day, you're using this stuff, and you can't get to God. That's the whole point, and I had to do a lot of work to get out of the dieting mode 
and into the abstinence mode and realize, yeah, you know, the minute I start to go back in any way, shape, or form, I start to brown out. I start to get jittery and befogged. And even if I am Mother Teresa, who I am not, I can't get connected to God. If I'm an addict, if I'm a compulsive overeater, and I have anorexia and bulimia of the hopeless variety, I can't get to God if I'm using any of these. So I hope that helps, and I'm so grateful to trudge together with all of you and to learn. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie. Okay, Lisa Jr., you'll be our last share this morning. Hey, good morning, everybody. Lisa Jr. here from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, very grateful today to be on this meeting. And, you know, um, usually the when a thought comes to somebody's mind, you know, in the big book, uh, that means the poop is going to hit the fan, you know. Um, suddenly the thought crossed my mind. Well, you know, when we hear about altruism here, we start to pump the brakes sometimes. Oh, gosh, I have to do something nice for somebody. Um, you know, but when we begin to work with people, we can start to help them. You know, I'm not a doctor, but I can help them identify their, you know, binge ingredients and their, you know, yada, 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 their behaviors. But I'm not a doctor. So this is the place in the book when I'm working with somebody that I jump right over to page 133. And it says, but this does not mean that we disregard human health measures. God has abundantly supplied this world with fine doctors, psychologists, and practitioners of various kinds. Do not hesitate to take your health problems to such persons. Most of them give freely of themselves that their fellows may enjoy sound minds and bodies. Try to remember that though God has wrought miracles among us, we should never belittle a good doctor or psychiatrist. Their services are often indispensable in treating a newcomer and in following his case afterwards. So if a person is able that I'm working with to to get a professional to help them, whatever that looks like, um, you know, therapist, uh, and obviously a nutritionist. I, I obviously am not a nutritionist, and I, I insist, if possible, people would work with a nutritionist if they can afford to. And, um, yeah, you know, I don't, all I can do is hold the lantern over the text, share my experience, strength, and hope, but I'm not alone in the altruism part. There are doctors out there that are qualified to help people separate from their food, um, you know, not through pills, but through nutrition, through a sound plan, you know, uh, plan of eating, and, and I'm, I, can't, I can't do that for somebody. I can help them with their their binge ingredients, but there's no MD at the end of my name. Um, I'm just a grateful recovered compulsive overeater, and um, I'm just, you know, glad to be able to to be carrying the message to others. And thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Lisa Jr. Okay, so thank you to everyone who shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today is 15093. That's 15,093. Um, we will now close with the reading from the bid book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lynn F. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
Thank you, Katie. This is Lynn F. Recovered in Pennsylvania. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you.